Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. We thank you that you have made yourself known, that you have covered our sin and purchased our salvation, that you have sent your spirit to dwell within us, that you have given us your church, that you speak to us, and that you desire to use us for your glory. We thank you for these things, and now we pray you would stir us by your word. Help us, O oh God. Amen. You may be seated. It's really great to see all of you this morning. If you haven't done so, please take your Bibles and turn over to the book of Exodus chapter 24, uh, where Brandy just read for us. We're studying our way through the book of Exodus. And we've called this series, Our God Saves. And we, thus far, we've moved to, through two major events um, in this book. The first event is God reaching into space and time and history and taking his people, Israel, and moving them out of Egypt. He, he moved them out of Egypt to deliver them. And the second major event is he brought them to Mount Sinai. And there on the mountain, he revealed himself to them. And he gave them his law, his word, his covenant, and said, I'm your Lord, this is what I want from you. I'm the one true God, you're my one true people, this is what I want from you. And at the end of that, just before our passage today, the people said, all that the Lord has said, we will do. And they read the, the word, the covenant again, and the people said, all that the Lord has said we will do, we will be obedient. So now we have a, a, a people set free from Egypt at the base of a mountain with a covenant from God. But the question becomes, what's next? And the question becomes, how will God relate to these people. And what is in these verses, which we are looking at this morning, chapter 24, verse 12 through chapter 25, verse 9, is the beginning of a third major section. And what the third major section answers is the what's next question. The what's next question is, God will be a God who dwells among his people. God will be a God who meets with his people. God will be a God who invites his people to worship him. God will be a God who invites his people into his presence. He won't be aloof. He won't be far off. He won't be unknown. He will dwell among his people. And so what happens in these verses is Moses is invited to the top of the mountain to meet with God. And God is going to give his people guidance of how to prepare a place where he will meet with them. So Moses is invited to the top of the mountain to meet with the Lord, and the Lord is giving to his people guidance of how he will meet with them. So today is 
a bit of an introduction to a new section in the book of Exodus. This section goes through chapter 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32. That's a lot. Here's good news. We're not going to comb through this phrase by phrase like we did the law. But there are great details in this section that matter very much. So I'm giving you homework today. School's almost out. And if your teachers at school can give you summer reading, so can I. Okay? So here you go. Over the next two weeks, I want you to read Exodus 24, chapter, Exodus chapter 24, verse 12, through the end of Exodus 32, as often as you can. The more, the merrier here, okay? I want you to, to look at Exodus 24, verse 12, through the end of Exodus 32, as often as you can can. Now, let's just be really honest. If any, if any of you have read these sections before, how many of you have just gone like, okay, that kind of fabric, that kind of wood, that many cubits? I mean, who even knows what a cubit is? And you just kind of keep turning. Anybody besides me? Okay, we can be honest here. We're among friends. That's easy in some of these long, detailed sections of the scripture. But I want to challenge you. Let's read this differently. Let's read these. And when we come to these details, like types of thread and measurements and cubits and types of wood and shapes and places, let's, let's ask the question, why do these details matter? Why do these details matter? Because Chapter 25, verse 9, here in a few minutes, it's going to tell us that the details do indeed matter. And then I want to give you a little help. I also want to ask you to read Hebrews chapter 9, because the author of Hebrews helps us with these questions. So, so as over the next few weeks, we're going to go through these chapters of the Bible. I'm asking you to read them, to pray over them, to consume them, to let them consume you, and to meet with the Lord in them. Today, I'm going to introduce the section. Next week, we're going to kind of do a summary of the section, and then the weeks following, there will be some pit stops along the way in here that are really important for us to consider. So we're introducing this new section, and the heading of the section is, is meeting. It's the Lord meeting with his people. More importantly, the Lord revealing himself as a God who dwells among and meets with his people. The Lord welcomes his people into his presence and he pursues his people. So let's, let's, let's look at how we get this from the passage. First point, meeting with the Lord. The, the, the first event here is in Exodus 24, verses 12 through 18, and it is a meeting between the Lord himself and Moses. So it begins that the Lord says to Moses in, in verse 12, come up to me on the mountain 
and wait there. So the Lord calls Moses away from the group that just had a big feast before the Lord to go to the top of the mountain. Moses and Joshua separate from the group and go toward the top of the mountain. And Moses, before he goes, prepares for a prolonged visit. He prepares for a prolonged visit because he tells Aaron and her to settle disputes and to lead the people while he is away. And so Moses goes to the top of the mountain and we're told that when he gets there, the glory of the Lord, the cloud that had been leading the people descends on top of the mountain Meaning the Lord's presence, the Lord's glory, the Lord's, the Lord himself is meeting with Moses on, on the mountain. So we might say, that's really cool for Moses. I'm glad he got to have that moment with the Lord. But the better question for us is, what was the purpose of this meeting? What was the purpose of this meeting? The purpose was two things. It was to reinforce Israel's faithfulness to God. And it was to prepare them to build a dwelling place for the Lord among his people. So look back at verse 12. It says, come up to me on the mountain and wait there. That I may give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandment which I have written for their instruction. So what's going to happen on the mountain in the meeting? The Lord has written his word, these 10 commandments, these 10 words, which you'll remember in Exodus 20, he spoke them by his very mouth to his people. And now he's writing them by his very hand on tablets that the people can possess. And giving them to the people. So we must hit pause here and just simply note these words of the Lord, these 10 commandments, these 10 desires for his people are of such importance to the Lord that he spoke them himself. There was no mediator of this word. And then he wrote them himself and gave them to the people. This is intended to convey that the Lord takes very seriously his desire, his calling, his purpose for his people to be set apart for him. And so he calls Moses up on the mountain to reinforce, hey, what you just said, you've heard and you'll do, I'm giving it to you so that you'll know it and remember it and pass it on and have it possess you. So the Lord says, I will graciously give you my words 
on a tablet that you can possess and know and see and be reminded of. To know that it matters to me that you live for my glory. And friends, I would just simply say, as the Lord is unchanging, it still to this day matters to him that his people take his word seriously and live for his glory. Because the reality is, is if Christ has died for our sin, we've confessed our sin, we've confessed our need for Jesus, his spirit now dwells within us. The Lord's put his mark on us. He's called us his own. He's claimed us. And it matters to him that we live for his glory. That point could be reinforced by going back to chapter 20 and reading through where we are right here. Second, and this moves to our second point for this morning, this meeting with Moses was intended to prepare the Lord's meeting place among his people. So second, the Lord meeting with his people. We see this in chapter 25, verses 1 through 9. So as Moses goes up the mountain and the Lord descends and meets with him, the Lord says to Moses, speak to the people of Israel. Now he's going to give a command and we'll come back to that in a minute. But the main thrust of this section is found in verses 8 and 9. So let's start there. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell in their midst. So the Lord has called Moses up to give him instruction for what? That the people would make a, our English version say sanctuary, a holy place, a set apart place, a unique place for God. What's in that sanctuary? That I may dwell in their midst. Our English translation, our English translations say, dwell. We miss a key point here. The word for dwell, that I may dwell in their midst, is the exact word that the Hebrews would have used for their tents that they lived in while on this journey. They, we might say their dwelling was a tent that they lived in as they had been moving on the journey, and now they're camped out around the mountain. So if the Hebrews called that their dwelling, what the Lord is saying is, I'm going to show you how to make me a dwelling. Why would the Lord need a dwelling? Because he's going to camp and encamp among his people. He will be with them. He will meet with them. 
He will have them to worship him. He will care for them. He will hear their pleas. He will dwell among his people. Now, I don't want to be um, too, I don't want to get so tangible that we miss exactly what the Lord's saying, but think about this. It's as if the Lord is saying, I want you to make me a tent among the tents. I want you to make me a house among your neighborhood. I want to be among my people. So what the Lord is saying is, I am unique and different among the gods of the nations because I myself will come and dwell with you. I won't be aloof and far off and intangible. I will be among you. Let them make for me a sanctuary that I may dwell in their midst. And friends, the next chapters of the scripture, all the way through chapter 31, are the Lord in great detail telling his people how to build his dwelling place. Which you might say, well, why does that matter? Just throw up a tent. The Lord doesn't seem to think that that's the right approach. Look at verse 9. Exactly as I show you concerning the pattern of the tabernacle. Tabernacle meaning dwelling among us. And of all its furniture, so you shall make it. So what does God say in verse 9? He says, it matters how I am represented in physical space. If you go back to the Ten Commandments, we will not have idols of the Lord. We won't make images of things and say, that's God. So the way you stay out of idolatry is you allow the Lord to shape and define how he will be imaged and dwell among his people. So the details matter. Exactly as I show you concerning the pattern of the tabernacle and of all its furniture, so you shall make it. I I think what we need to take away from this is it matters to God how what people point at and say that represents God. So therefore, Israel, I will tell you as an act of grace and an act of mercy exactly what to build and exactly how it should be shaped, and there I will dwell. The details matter, but the details are not intended to be a burden or a hindrance as much as they are intended to be a grace and a hope for the people. 
So the Lord intends to dwell among his people. He intends to give great detail and instruction of what this looks like. And by the way, when I said, let's read these chapters, not glossing over details, but asking why are the details here? Verse 9, that's why I said that. Let's wrestle through that. We'll wrestle through it together next week. But not only is he going to have them build a place and dwell among him, but the third reality we see in this section is God will use his people to create this place. So those of us that like order and efficiency and rapid delivery, that's, that's all of us in some shape or form, right? Like we might just say, okay, well, God, make the thing and just give it to us. I guess he could have done that, but that's not what he does. What he does is he says, I'm going to call on my people to give of their possessions and their possessions will provide for the sanctuary. And then if you skip all the way to chapter 31, he says, I've created two skilled artisans who will lead the people to do exactly what I've said. And I've given skill to the people. And so it's through the giving and the serving and the leading of the artisans that my people following my commands will build my sanctuary. Now, I'm fighting all the human itchiness that I have to start a giving campaign for a building right now. But that's not what this passage is about. Rather, I think what this passage is about is the Lord is creating, is continually to re- continuing to reveal This reality that those who belong to him and have received his salvation and have been called his people use their possessions and their skills to contribute to the worship and the work of God in the world. So he says, verse 2, speak to the people that they may take for me a contribution. Every man whose heart moves him shall receive the contribution. Well, what's the contribution? Gold, silver, bronze, three-color yarns, fine twined linen, goat's hair, ram skin, goat skins, acacia wood, oil, spices, incense, onyx, and stones. Why? Because that's precisely what they need for the dwelling place. So here's what God's saying. I've put in the people all that's required for the dwelling place. And I'm calling on the people who know my salvation and know me and belong to me to take what I've given them and contribute to this dwelling place where I will continually meet with my So the principle of the matter is the Lord always uses his people, possessions, skills, time, etc., 
to contribute to and provide for his worship and his work in the world. Now let's do a little fast forward because, you know, y'all are all going to be doing your summer reading. When we get over to chapter 33, I'm sorry, 32, there's going to be this incident where before Moses can come down the mountain, the people decide they need to build their own God and they take their gold and their silver and their bronze and they melt it down and they make a calf and they say, this is our God, let's worship it. You've all, you all know the story in some shape or form, right? Maybe what the connection that's never been made is this. Moses was going to come down the mountain and say, guys, I got very good news. God wants to meet with us and he wants to dwell with us and he's shown me exactly what we need to do and all we need to do is gather up our possessions and give them and use them and we'll build this place and God's gonna meet with us. It's a gift, it's a grace, it's a mercy. That's what Moses was coming down to say. But instead, he comes down to, oh, they've already taken those things and made a false god out of them and said, this is God. Let's worship it. Now, we're going to have a whole sermon to ponder that in the coming weeks. But, but do we see the juxtaposition of what's going on here? God is providing God is revealing, God is coming, God is with his people. And in a mere 40 days, they take the possessions and the skill that the Lord intended to be used for his dwelling place and made a false God to worship out of it. Friends, let's remember that the Lord intends all of who we are to be used for the worship and work of the Lord in the world. So the big principle running through this section is Moses is meeting with God and in the meeting, God is preparing the people, by preparing Moses, God is preparing the people to build his dwelling place among them. Why? Because the Lord is a God who dwells among and invites among his people and invites his people into relationship with him. Now let's fast forward that. What does that mean for us? It means this. Just as the Lord delivered the Israelites out of Egypt, he has delivered us out of sin and death through the blood of Jesus. And just as the Lord gave to the Israelites his word and his covenant and his desires for their holy living, he's given to us his word and his covenant and his desires for our holy living. And... Just as the Lord was intending and was going to dwell among his people 
and invite them into his worship and invite them into his presence and be present among them, the Lord desires the same thing from us. And I just wonder if a big thing that's missing from the evangelical vernacular are the verbs meet with the Lord. And the verbs enjoy the Lord. And the verb dwell in the presence of the Lord. Because through Christ, we've been welcomed into his presence. And his Holy Spirit dwells within us to be his presence for each of us. So we talk a lot about knowing God and reading his word and those awesome things. Let's know God and let's read his word. But the purpose of knowing God and reading his word and praying and coming to church, the purpose of all those things is to enter into the presence of God. And to tangibly and experientially know the love and the mercy and the blessing of belonging to God. And to enjoy being loved by him and feel and celebrate his love. And I'm praying for myself and for you that these verbs would become more and more real to us as we think about God dwelling among his people. So if you're here today and you call on Christ for salvation, then the invitation would be this. Take up the invitation to personally dwell in the presence of the Lord and enjoy him. And if you're here today exploring the faith, if you're here today exploring what it would look like to be a a follower of Jesus, or even wondering what it means to be a follower of Jesus, here's the invitation. The God who made you, And the God who holds eternity in his hands invites broken, rebellious, sinful people to be his children and to be redeemed by his son, Jesus, have our sin taken away, and to be reconciled, meaning we're called friends and we're welcomed into his presence where his blessings flow endlessly. That's the invitation. I would invite you to consider that Jesus today. So our Father and our God, we pray now that you would take this word which you have spoken and you would drive it deeply into our being today. Pray that you would help us to know you and to love you and to walk with you. We pray this in Jesus' name. And we pray it for his glory. Amen.